Put it there, boy, and we'll show these fascists what a couple of hillbillies can do. Uh, welcome to the Fanfic Fanfic Podcast Revelations, uh, where we talk about a uh, fanfic that is simultaneously a fanfic of uh, Fallout and My Little Pony, because we've uh, uh, finally wrapped up uh, talking for a year about a fanfic of this fanfic. Uh, it was written by a, uh, a horrible little reactionary uh, troll who was uh, trying to revise the much better work we're talking about this time. I am your co-host, the... My articulation isn't quite on point, but the, 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 the most worthy and uh, uh, noble, uh, Sir Weddington Esquire. Uh, with me as your um, plebeian uh, but acceptable host, Phi. Uh, Phi, uh, uh, how fares thou this fine day? Hi, everybody. Hi, folks. Hey, Weird. Uh, we're back again. Episode 87, chapter like 13, I think, uh, if I'm keeping on top of them. I'm doing great. I uh, got a nice glass of delicious water. I mean, it sounds like it. You you really did effortlessly just just puncture my my whole vibe with it being like just just like deeply effervescent, like just <laughs> incredibly cute. It's, it's insufferable. <laughs> as as penance, you will tell us what we talked about last week. God, what did we talk about last week? Last week was uh like basically wrapping up the like shatter who faction crisis crises, um. That whole arc uh, concocted an incredibly insane plan. Deadeyes, Deadeye and uh, uh, Gadina in the same room together uh, so that they can be like, so they could fake executing uh, God and actually kill Deadeyes. And it's it's all a very convoluted plan uh, involving like Velvet Remedy singing on, on a stage and having to like throw her off the stage before it explodes and... and all the while, the like red eyes forces uh, come barreling down on them because of the opportunity to do so had uh, presented of itself, uh, and it all goes tits up real fast. the The back half of the chapter is 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 uh, even more Gonzo when they get into the mine and like find out who Mister Topaz is finally, um, and he reveals himself to be a big old dragon. Rawr, rawr. Um, who's, who's, uh, which is a cool review, reveal, don't get me wrong. Uh, it sounds like I'm making light of it, but it's really cool. It's called Mr. Topaz because that's the color of his scales. I mean, it's, like I said, it's a cool reveal. It's a fun, uh, uh, sort of version of that whole, like, well, what could he, like, what is he? Oh, is he some sort of crime boss, whatever? No, he's a dragon. My money was on supercomputer. Uh, so yeah, I was caught off guard. He, uh, uh, he chases them around for a while in the mine and, uh, Pip's like plan is to raid his like armory. He she hopes, uh, only to find out that her efforts were for naught because the treasure room uh, is a storeroom of like confessional memory orbs that have been extract extracted from prisoners to try and suss out sadistic information, and that uh, all hope is lost because her only way out was like completely taken up by Mister Topaz's face. And just as she's about to be flambéed to death, uh, Calamity shows up in the nick of time with a... a uh, bastard was slow-baking her uh, by laughing. It's a very tense scene, but he, she saved at the last minute by Calamity uh, uh, taking the like siege weapon from the junction town and uh, shooting him, <laughs> shooting Topaz with it, uh, uh, 
which prompts like a, a, a small aerial chase in which uh, in the last minute uh, throws a bunch of grenades into his mouth and the combination of the grenades exploding plus the giant like hole in Topaz uh, is enough to finish him off. That's more or less it. Like basically like Pip gets dropped off and Calamity has to go save Velvet and that's more or less how the chapter ends. Yes. Uh, so we uh, we open up. Uh, Pip has unsurprisingly been been saved. Uh, from from her injuries, um, she was uh, part of what happened last chapter is that she was uh, in no position to fight an adventure. Uh, she was so badly uh, burned by dragon fire uh, and uh, skewered with a magic lance that uh, she really had no business getting up and fighting. But she was uh, pumped full of roids that, that gave her the um, the very very temporary strength to power through it. Uh, but we open up on a negotiation between Pip and um, uh, God. And uh, K-Cat just, just really, really loves hammering um, the, the, the God puns. <laughs> Weird is allergic to puns, but I love them. No, I mean, these aren't, these aren't insufferable. These, the, the, the ones that are, like, the puns that are really bad are the ones that, like, don't make any sense within a sentence flow, like, and that's the point. Or, like, um, you have to take a second to, like, figure out what what the person even meant by it, because it was so dumb. But these are just, you know, just having fun, um, saying, you know, on a mission from God, by, by God's grace, so on and so forth. Anyway, so anyway, uh, uh, Pip wants a base of operations. She wants a, a home, a new home, a place that, like, she can feel safe and, and know that she can return to. Yeah, to Injunction R7 seems like that place. Uh, and uh, uh, God, uh, God, Godwina, is more than happy to give it to her in exchange for uh, all claim on the contents of that vault that she ne- nearly baked to death in. And the contents of that vault is uh, a, a collection of memory orbs. Uh, a huge number of... Uh, of confessions extracted from uh, horse brains. She is not uh, open about what she wants with them. Like what? Why? Why is uh, she so uh, eager to have them? Uh, but ultimately, they agree because um, uh, Godwina gives her her full promise that like everything set up about Junction R seven, which is like has a water purifier and even a generator that can power uh, a freezer. Like all the amenities you could want in the in the afterscape will remain there and unplundered and and waiting for for Pip to get around to using them uh, whenever she likes um, because a Godwina says so and and b uh, no one really wants to fuck with the local dragon slayer that <laughs> there there is there is there is an immense amount of uh, 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 both gratitude and awe. <laughs> Um, about this this extremely tiny horse who who killed a dragon, and also like, um, calamity is really not is still not about <laughs> all this like uh, having patience with raiders, uh-huh. talking to them, hanging around near them. But remedy velvet is is extremely in favor of of. Uh, of trying to do everything she can to help them out because um, uh, many of them have pre-existing <laughs> injuries due to their backgrounds, um, and many more were very badly injured um, during uh, the, the the Red Eyes raid uh, during during the the, the uh, attack um, from Red Eyes forces uh, that uh, Godwina um, led them to victory against. While uh, Pip is drooling over um, uh, Godwina's uh, very handsome scars, <laughs> um, she notes that now she has one of her own, uh, a, a, a nasty uh, whelp from that uh, magic spear. Um, her, her ass has been regenerated by, <laughs> by, um, from where it was burned off uh, by, by the use of um, uh, magical healing. Um, but, uh, the, the, the lance wound will remain with her indefinitely. And, um, in this chapter, like Pip is, 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 is like literally drooling over, uh, Godwina. She, like, she, she actually like loses a bit of the conversation that, that's going on because she's, uh, um, 
just caught up by that toned griffin uh, hind uh, hindquarter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting that like it seems like the story has a little bit of judgment for like uh, Pip's uh, sort of mild racism. Like she she has to like you know. Like, it, it, like she, she's she's constantly going e- e- even for Griffin or like and if you I mean and so what if she's a Griffin? <laughs> she's got a great ass. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's a little weird. I just it's, it's a little weird and interesting, but because like it 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 feels like the author like acknowledging that like her cultural context and her upbringing, like of course she would like she would have like a little bit of like pro pony bias and like like distance herself a little like ha- have like a, a internal expectation of uh like distance from from non pony peoples um but um her heart is baby and so she's like um she's better than that deep down but like she has like some culturally uh induced biases and that's just kind of interesting Yes, and she's powering through through the power of a lesbian. Uh, but um, so yeah, Pip wants Pip wants a, a base of operations. He wants a place that she can feel stable and safe in. Uh, and God wants um, Dead Eyes base in that vault, uh, because she anticipates another like that uh, another wave of uh, Dead Eyes. Uh, uh, so red eyes and another rate of uh, another another wave wave of red eyes attackers might be coming and she has long-term plans uh she she feels pretty confident that she can uh build up something uh more impressive here now that she doesn't have uh uh the obligation of uh topaz or dead eyes uh, over her she's now free to uh run the valley as she likes and um no longer is she an assistant manager. She's now the entire regional manager. Uh, Dead Eyes was incredibly short-sighted because he was uh, operating on the instructions of a dragon who was isolationist because this whole place was just his goddamn refrigerator. Like this was like it was just a pantry to him. So of course he had no um, no plans for like long-term building or, or construction or reaching out. Whereas. Uh, uh, Grim Feathers, uh, uh, Godwina, like smirks at Little Pip. I hear New Appaloosa uh, is in need of some some new trading partners, and I I think uh, this this valley uh, that uh, shattered the the shattered hoof is um, ideally situated to to be uh, uh, quite the hub uh, in the near future. Um, so this is I think this is basically like. Um, base built like some sort of like stand-in for um K Cat playing with base building mechanics. This is uh no, th- this is this is uh this is a reference to Fallout One to, to a lot of degree. The, a lot of a lot of this is very similar to Shady Sands from the first one. Well, anyway, um, they 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 they're they're now um doing some uh afterscape. Uh, Harvest Moon, yeah, a little bit. civilization management sim. But um, Pip, I think projecting a little, um, notes that calamity only came along out of a out of a mutual hatred of uh, injustice <laughs> uh, and eagerness to to go find it and shoot it. Uh, Velvet is 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 uh, is is running to the the uh, lengths that she could possibly help. The, the people in the valley with their, their existing injuries. And uh, they're going to need to get some more supplies from somewhere. But she, she personally notes that, like, this Philadelphia thing needs to stop. Someone <laughs> needs to go stop that. I mean, of course, I am a, a horse that is far too small for such a uh, overwhelming task. It's, it's, it's not for me to do, but, like, gosh, it'd be nice if somebody did it. <laughs> but a more achievable goal is finding out who the hell uh, DJ... Uh, Palm three is who is P O N three uh, and and why how the hell are they able to keep this up to date mm-hmm. um, because the most recent broadcast which was really interesting because um, uh, little Pip like did d- does not understand how to deal with this like praise mm-hmm. how to deal with like spotlight. 
um, uh, being talked up like this. Um, and Calamity thinks it is d- deeply, deeply funny. <laughs> uh, watching the expression on Pip's face as, as these like broadcasts talking about her exploits uh, uh, go on the air. And he also seems to be pretty, pretty chuffed and amused uh, that his name doesn't show up. Like he seems pretty, pretty okay with that. Yeah. Well, he has, like, ulterior reasons for why he wouldn't want his name to be getting out on the radio anyways. But, yeah, it's very funny about, like, like the recontextualization of, like, I'm just a small horse who almost died. And then this person's like, oh, this is the coolest person in the world. They killed everybody. They're so rad. And a little eerie and, and, and kind of off-putting is that um, we don't get the full broadcast, but we, we end um, Pip's recounting of the broadcast with... Uh, all right, uh, it's, uh, put on your listening ears, because it's story time. Let me tell you about a little horse named Silverbell. Which is intriguing, because, like, again, where is he getting his... <laughs> um, because that's, that's deep, that's a, that's, that's a deep cut. Like, like, uh, so, like, like, his, his information is imperfect enough to, uh, uh, have, have, have apparently assumed that Pip died... Um, riding the train to the to the bottom of a ravine, uh, but precise enough um, to pick up Silverbell's like portion of the story to and and to tell it to his audience and contextualize uh, killing dead eyes. Yes, yeah, so it's definitely something more of an ulterior motive going on than just simply being wrong, uh, for sure. But yeah. Uh, 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 Godwina wants to um, set up a, a long-term and interconnected like hub uh, trade um, and, and so forth uh, through um, the Shattered Hoof and uh, is more than willing to give up Junction R7 because it's an exposed position. Uh, even though she's letting Pip keep the like water purifier and hell gun, but really wants to the the uh, the the the, the form prison as as her ongoing base of operations for well, whatever it, it's a lot whatever more, schemes she has in mind. It's a lot more of like a fortified position for sure, and it like can hold a lot more people than the like ragtag area of R seven for sure. Oh, uh, I forgot to uh, I I had on my mind something I wanted to say before really digging into the chapter, which was I think this is this is what. Uh, this chapter is 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 what um, Sombrero thought he was doing with the the garbage nothing chapters, because this 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 chapter nothing in particular happens until the end. Like it's there's no big events. It's all a lot of cleaning up, cleaning house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of denouement like chapter for the particular arc that we're on, more or less, really. And like the really crazy thing is that it's 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 a it's a do nothing slow chapter, uh, but there's a big scary fight with a with a manticore <laughs> in the middle of it. Uh, we even get and, and 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 I bring this up now. I'm reminded to to mention this is a like a slow, you know, not not a whole lot happens chapter because this is the first chapter with the memory orb. The memory orb. Um, Velvet is sulking because now that she knows what memory orbs are, she's scared to uh, enter this one. Like she knows it's something uh, to do with Fluttershy, who is um, her her fave. Um, but like, it what if it's bad? <laughs> what if it's you know some awful confession? Uh, Pip like volunteers like, would you like me to view it first? Um, and Velvet apparently just, like, smiles and, and nods feverishly as she rolls it over. Uh, so Pip enters the memory orb. <laughs> now you can finally see what I was talking about this entire time. Yeah, the, 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 the it's, 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 um, it's a very distinct, yeah, uh, it's a very distinct line break thing. That, like, it's, it's a building up of, yeah, it's like a series of, it's like, it's a series of three lowercase o's three uppercase o's three lowercase o's so it really gives this effect of like orb what what i'm seeing is um i'm 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 
struggling to figure out how to how to best articulate this. So there are two capital O's. There's a space between them. Um, to the uh, left of of the 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 left uh, the 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 uh, uh, capital O on the left are two lowercase O's. To the right of the uh, uppercase O on the right are two lowercase O's. Uh, then um, traveling out away and across from them are uh, equal signs uh, leading into um, uh, arrows leading leading into um, greater and less than signs, respectively. Um, so it, it, it sort of communicates like a, a, a sort of zither, like in the middle of the page yeah, of like, a, like a, a rising, voice. yeah, a rising like, ooh, uh, a space and, and then, a, then a descending uh, with, with the like um, equal signs leading into arrows indicating that like it, it is stretched um, on, on either of those, those cases. So in my mind, it gives like a theremin kind of like, you know, yeah, hundred percent pulp technology kind of like zero sort of effect. That's what it always makes me think of. Uh, like it, like it's it's actually I think that the way that it, like it, I don't know if this was intended, but I like memoirs really give off this kind of like, you know, pulp science kind of thing, which is what like Fallout's really built on, like you know. The, the way the the way the past saw the future was a big thing about the way that the way its follows aesthetics were and like memory orbs kind of feel that way with the way they're their aesthetics like it's it's like whenever you're in a memory orb, we talked about this before but it's hard for me not to imagine that everything's in this kind of like weird vaseline dream space uh like like when you're seeing in a movie when someone's having a dream where they just have like a vaseline filter everything that's how i always imagine like memory orbs to kind of look um, and I gotta say, um, this one is not, not a great test case like this, this, like, this does feel like the poison in the well, because like all it is, is somebody else's memory of watching, uh, 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 Fluttershy deliver, deliver a speech, um, vaguely referring to a, uh, a new project, um, proposed, uh, by, uh, Princess Luna, uh, that, that she hopes everybody will be on board with her uh, in conducting, and it informs us that, like, even even into well into adulthood, she is still um, a meek baby. hyper meek. Yes, um, like preciously so. Like, um, she she is a precious shy baby. Uh, well, well into adulthood. She is able to command uh, the the loyalty of a, of a massive uh, staff inside of a massive government institution because they all love her. Yes, they they, they all well, uh, are are helplessly in love. The thing I was going to say is that I, I, this memory orb is incredibly important. Like overall, though, the uh, but I do really like this sort of showcase of like like on a meta level, the like Fluttershy devotion is a very real like thing about the Brony community. So I can definitely see the like that being an inspiration for how like how she would be able to run an organization is that like people just love her so much that they just want to like do basically whatever she says. Like it's not that she's necessarily particularly charismatic. It's just that like she, she's a, she's such a meek, like vulnerable looking character, even as an adult that like her entire ministry is built around trying to like vicariously protect her in a kind of like cult of personality way. And I think that's really fascinating. Funny enough, it kind of reminds me of uh, like Moses in, in, in the, the, uh, the Abrahamic Bible is, is described as like the most humble of all men. Uh, and, and not even that potent a speaker. He, he relied on his, his, his brother to speak for him uh, on, on most occasions. And, and so I guess, I guess you can see, see a little of that uh, here. I mean, but my question is like, so, Maybe eventually this will be revealed to be significant. We'll we'll understand like what why this day was so important because like we'll we'll finally we'll we'll find out what this project is. Yeah, it's setting up the mystery basically. Uh, but my issue with it is that like why was this taken out of somebody's, at somebody's head? Like, like why was this moment preserved? It, it's like. And I hope that's eventually explained because if it's not, I'll be kind of upset. 
because it does like thereby set up the like awful standard that well, um, I, okay we, we our dear I gotta, sombrero I gotta that like blood, like right away so like an important thing that we have to kind of remember from this podcast and, and like especially have to remember is that like this came first before like ph did so like all of our built-up like animosity and feelings for memory orbs kind of has to be put on the side because like you know like maybe like a dozen memory orbs that ever occur in this story like they're used very sparingly and uh they're not like the mile a minute that that ph kind of set as a precedent where which really like wears out the entire premise like that's just something that we have to like we have to push to the side um or else we're never going to be able to like meaningfully talk about anything about memory orbs uh in this story but barring that uh some of the memory orbs definitely do have a kind of like confusing gray area of why these particular things were removed uh it's to some degree like it's chalked up to the fact that uh the ministry of morale had gotten so paranoid about like sedition and treason that they were just kind of like interrogating and extracting memories from everyone so it's believable enough to that this got taken out of a person's memory literally because it's like you know, oh, you were, you know, you were uh, this this particular official, and you look suspicious. So we're gonna remove your memories and figure out what the hell. There's got to be something incriminating you remember yeah, exactly. in here. Let's 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 just poke, let's just poke and see what we can find. So I guess that 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 could be it. Is that this was like just something that was extracted because like it might be seditious. Let's find out. Because that definitely was a thing that started happening as the Ministry of Morale was breaking down. Was like. Pinkie Pie and therefore her entire ministry had gotten so paranoid about the idea of treason that they were just black bagging everybody uh, to try and crack down on on basically nothing like basically they were chasing ghosts the entire time so it is believable to a degree that like oh yeah this is just a memory orb like you're not wrong to be kind of suspicious about like the memory like why like how did this come about like why did this this particular memory get extracted but again that was way more of a ph problem where like how did this memory orb come to be is a constant criticism and, and, and confusion within the setting. Uh, where in this story, it's a lot more loose because they're just not as many memory orbs and really just it doesn't rely on it as much of a storytelling device. I mean, like, I'll, I'll like so far, like, yeah, I'll, I'll be relieved when we get to the, the end and like uh, at no point has like the entire strata of the soil <laughs> upon which our characters walk. Yeah, like I was, I was talking uh, with, right a, with the damn things. I was talking with a friend about it, and and they were sort of confused about my like dislike of memory orbs until they read Project Horizons, and they're like, "Oh, I get it now. It's not that you hate memory orbs; it's that you hate that there's so goddamn many of them." <laughs> um. And I think that's a lot of our, like, that's that's just something to keep in mind, is that, like, any animosity that we're having for memory orbs is because of pH and not necessarily for the story. Or at least in my case. Like, you, you can do whatever you want. Like, you're your own jukebox. I just, like... I am a deeply, deeply bitter machine. I am a bitterness machine. Um, they played top 40 on me, five. <laughs> day in, day out. Yeah. <laughs> So I had to take all the guns off. You couldn't stop killing people. Uh, anyways, uh, I just wanted to like, yeah, get that out about memory orbs. But yeah, this memory orb is very important. And, you know, we'll see why eventually. Uh, it's just to set up like, at least right now, it's to set up the greater mystery of like, what is this big project that Fluttershy wanted to do? And, you know, to make some assumptions about Fluttershy's character, because she's such a like meek baby. It's like, oh, well, maybe that she wants to do a project that does good things. Because like... By this point, we're still supposed to kind of believe that the ministry was the ministries were like run by good people, you know, like we're only just starting to get smatterings of like the idea that maybe the, the ministry is a little bit more sinister than we initially thought, given that like the ministry of Mal- morale was initially set up as just being like, it's the party ministry. They do all the fun things. And then like, oh, also, uh, they're kidnapping people and stealing their memories. Oops. When did that start happening? Uh, so yeah, we we that the mis- mi- like it's it's a little confusing because like I've straight up just told the entire plot of all the questria throughout the course of uh, PH, but like in such a jarbled way that it's would be impossible to piece together exactly like what is true from this. Story. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm 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 rolling with the surprises. Like I'm getting. 
I, I'm just saying like it it's it's like so you know astute readers and astute listeners might already know what the project that uh, Fluttershy is talking about, but for now we're just gonna have to guess. Uh, an interesting mystery to carry us forward. Um, uh, to do, to do. Um, so yeah, we come into Manhattan. Manhattan. Uh, we meet, we meet a junk dealer. Um, we get a uh, uh, an audio log. Yeah, they're like the outskirts of Manhattan and like the suburb areas around the boroughs. Uh, in this episode, um, Pip is getting increasingly frustrated with like. The incredibly bizarre quirk of her her pit buck that is able to like able and insistent on labeling random locations she comes across. <laughs> uh, this one being Trixie's cottage. That's why I had to like back explain that it's there we're in like the suburbs just in front of Manhattan and not like downtown. Sorry. No, that's no, fine. I just know the topography really well, Christian, <laughs> because I've read it four times. Uh, skipping it, like skipping a little bit ahead, like she she spends a good part of the chapter, like while other people are talking, and she is bored, <laughs> uh, uh, fussing with this this uh, um, recording on a door, um, trying to repair it from from the the garbling of age, mm-hmm. uh, and eventually. <laughs> It's it's an interesting bit of dramatic irony. Um, Pip does not care. Pip is real annoyed with her results um, because, as far as she's concerned, it's just a, a message to like this horse's like um, grocer. But it's it's significant to us because we know who Trixie is, and apparently uh, later in life, as an adult, Trixie's career um, went on the skids, and uh, so so she was incredibly excited. Um, to to receive uh, a direct invitation from Twilight Sparkle to to the Ministry of Arcane Sciences. Uh, uh, everything's coming up, Trixie. Uh, just just a couple days in Manhattan. Trixie's backstory in this is such a fucking downer. Like, because it's really uh, heavily implied that like, oh yeah, like after after being run at a run at a Ponyville, like her entire adult life was just a string of like embarrassing failures one job to the next which is really relatable in the modern 2020 um up to the point where like look i i trust that like you'll give me the the milk and cheese like this this month's milk and cheese on credit like i'll be right back and look i i've got this big gig with the twilight sparkle you know that one the one that (laughs) the one that saves the world every year you know i used to know her before well never mind that (laughs) Oh man, I'm so upset. <laughs> like this, this, this bot, this direct like targets my feelings so directly. It makes me like genuinely emotional over like just the like the idea of like she like she's such such a like tragic failure in a kind of mundane way that really bothers me. Uh, you know, I mean, I definitely feel for like vaguely kind of like begging slash grifting the, the the grocer and that she's so excited that she's got like this is a really big deal this is this is this is oh it'll it's all turned around for gill yeah <laughs> i can taste that brass ring <laughs> oh man um and like we the audience like have have some context for why this is like desperate and tragic and, and a huge reveal but like pip like is real mad that she spent all this time on like she has no context for any of this and so like as far as she's concerned it's just just Who a random hell letter is to yeah. but um yeah the junk dealer like spins the yarn about um manhattan being hyper hunted uh hyper extra hunted because uh, apparently at least according to legend according to local legend um uh, so many horses died so fast uh, in Manhattan that, like, a lot of them, like, couldn't come to terms with that fact. And so their spirits continue to wander. This <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to imagine him having, like, a flashlight underneath his face the whole time. I mean, like, the the way his, his, his set up, like, he could very easily be played by Peter Laurie. <laughs> I forget that a lot of babies listen to our podcast and they like are so hyper divorced from <laughs> like actually like 
I'm young enough that why do I know about Peter Lorre? Probably because of uh, watching the Maltese Falcon and having like access to to TMC as a mm-hmm. teenager, turning turning movie classics. Yep. Look him up. He's great. <laughs> he's one of the great character actors of all times. Um, uh, Robin Williams makes a reference to him at one point in Aladdin. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah. So, uh, so uh, anyway, so back on to the thing. Back, uh, fanfic. back to our Peter Laurie fan podcast. <laughs> we talk about all the great uh, uh, roles and the, 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 the weird position he uh, exists in as a representation of the LGBTQ community in, in old Hollywood. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, Calamity is trying to trying to uh, do a trade, and Velvet is is just completely offended. But no, darling, are you are you joking? Uh, you're getting ripped off. I I, I won't stand for it. Merchant, dear. <laughs> uh, I, I'm interested in those dresses. The, the, these four. Um, uh, and uh, Pip and Calamity are forced to sort of sit there and watch as she manages to get um, four dresses, uh, dresses for the price of two. Uh, she then provides those dresses to provide those dresses to like in like this is this is this is I'm convinced that K-Cat is either transcribing something she did as a bard in D&D or watched a fellow player <laughs> do as a bard in D&D. She takes the dresses, she gives them a calamity and says, Calamity, darling, if you could please use these as material to, to, to fix up that, that beautiful gown that Pip gave me that was, was damaged in that awful dragon attack. And Calamity, like, sort of like, uh, okay. I guess. Uh, and it turns out the calamity is a is a is a is a wizard with the needle. Yes. And uh, uh, is able to uh, get it in in uh, tip top shape. Um, I guess like this. I, I I I kind of get the impression this is one of those like, hey kids, video games are fun, aren't yeah, they? And, and, uh, yeah, and yeah, and like calamity has a crafting skill, which means it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's a crafting skill. Yeah, his tagged skills are repair, uh, like you know, gun, like small guns and big guns or something like that. So, it, and since all repair is the same repair, he's just like, oh, I'll just take two ruined dresses and put them into the good dress. <laughs> um, it's beautiful. I love it. Um, unironically, um, it's very dumb. I, I mean, um, but it's also unintentionally it. makes um, makes the character have more depth, at, like in yeah. the story by him being like it's like well we know you can repair guns and he's like well I'm also a wizard with a needle <laughs> it's like a very it's it reminds me of that like scene in Demolition Man where like the uh, the main character has been downloaded with like sewing and knitting skills so he just like makes a sweater in, in between scenes <laughs> um, and I get that it's supposed to be like a joke of like, ha ha, man, use knitting. That's funny. But like, it's charming in a kind of like character beat moment on itself as well. Hey, now, gut guns aren't my only pursuit. I, I take pride in my skills as a tailor. <laughs> um, so so Calamity uh, repairs a dress, um, which uh, makes Pip's brain completely inoperable. <laughs> Um, and, uh, uh, the merchants as well. Yes. Um, uh, and she proceeds to completely fleece him. Yes. Um. Cause you see, uh, good, nice dresses give you a charisma bonus. Which gives you bonus yes. speech and barter. <laughs> uh. Um, it was the, it was thereafter resolved, uh, that like velvet would be doing. It's. All future barter. It's a charming usage of skills with like 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 the diegetic usage of skills in a scene because it's not like it's not like it does this all the time, so it doesn't overwork like overstay its welcome. And it is admittedly kind of in a like in a funny scene of like, hey kids, video games are fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, that that isn't like it doesn't feel too hacky. It's it's I think it's cute. I like it. This is this is one of my favorite example like. This is this is way better than the like. You have rescued the hostage. They fade into the evening. Yes. <laughs> After giving you like one to three bottles of purified water, yeah. 
so yeah, they, they travel from there uh, further into the uh, maze of blackened and ruined uh, 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 homes in the suburb of Fetlock um, outside of, of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Uh, looting, looting a bunch of stuff. Um, and this is, this is where, uh, the, the big, big, wild, crazy confrontation with the, uh, the manticore happens. Mm-hmm. Um, we eventually kill and cook the manticore. There's a, there's a fun recurring trend of, um, K-Cat knows the final blow is coming. K-Cat knows you know the final blow is coming. Let's just cut to the, the, the minotaur on a, on a, on a, on a spit skewer. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, K-Cat is, does not need to walk you through the, like, killing blow. Mm-hmm. Um, and and while they're cooking Manticore, uh, uh, Velvet finally manages to... Uh, we we, we, uh, we establish that Calamity's found a, um, uh, a, a wagon that, like, is it, 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 assuming uh, in the unlikely event that we, we find a spark engine uh, to plug into it, uh, this this passenger wagon would be incredibly useful to oh. to the party. Yeah, there's there's a passenger sky wagon. Um, uh, I mean, it's a pipe dream, right? No chance that they'll. Uh, it's it's very heavily lampshaded. That like, well, that's impossible. There there's they're like they're super rare. Like you know, you, you can't like where where are we where would we even look for one? But this is all like just um uh uh yeah uh palaver uh getting us to. Uh, our next big reveal, uh, which is um, Velvet, like, is dead insistent on, on getting that battle harness off of uh, Calamity to to make sure that he's all right, to, to, to give him a full medical evaluation. And we, we get, a, get a look at his um, uh, cutie mark, uh, which is um, uh, scarred uh, and illegible uh, under a, a brand... Um, uh, that's that's crudely burned uh, into his side, a cloud with a lightning bolt. Yeah. Uh, we find out about the Ministry of Awesome that had no coherent stated purpose. <laughs> uh, uh, Dash uh, Rainbow Dash was a military hero who was um, solely fixated on prosecuting the war on on a on a military front, um, and was. Uh, livid and uh, turned her back on the entire um, complex that she built <laughs> when they when they closed up the sky. Uh, and then they further betrayed her by like uh, uh, making her an Amos on uh, synonymous with traitors. Uh, I, I kind of do like that it's it's something of like an implication that Rambo Dash is a like true believer where it's like, no, no, I, I, I fought the war to save people and everyone else is like, what are you talking about? We we joined the war to profit off of it. You crazy? And then they close up the sky forever when it suited them. Uh, but yeah, and then she basically becomes like the equivalent of like an anarchy symbol or like three arrows or whatever you want to like, whatever real world like equivalent you want to make. Like more like a red triangle, like because it's it's a, it's a brand given 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 out by the like. Uh, totalitarian fascist state to mark uh, dissonance. Yeah, political traitors specifically. And uh, which makes, and, and so this, this whole like scene, this, this whole recounting of like, of Calamity's um, bitterness and, and like that this was done by his brothers, mm-hmm. uh, people he identifies as, as, as brothers. Um, it makes somber as reading all the more grotesque, yep. all the more frustrating. Oh, yeah. Uh, that like in Somber's read, like, yeah, no, like you, you are a traitor. You were a traitor. You deserve to be branded by a traitor, even though like the entire like reading here, like the, 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 the obvious takeaway that K-Cat like gave, like put on a platter for you to consume is that like, no, these people very ironically, they are the traitors. Like they've turned their back on, on the figure who like built the organization they stand on. Uh, and and turned her into a symbol of political dissent and like it's it's uh yeah and and uh and uh for whatever reason uh somber's uh take on calamity is that he's like a jarhead like he just is just a military man uh through and through with no like questions of his like 
which is insane because he's Smedley Butler plus plus <laughs> like he is. Uh, like well, a, a lower like like if Smedley Butler was was not a general, but in, instead remained a sergeant for his, uh, the duration of his career. Like it like calamity is a dissonant <laughs> like, to the point like like not only like is he not a like a a a thick headed jarhead who like uh follows order and like maintains procedure like like the when we're first introduced to him he is a, a ronin like like he is he, he is hyper devoted to being a ronin to the point that like he lived in a cabin on the mountain over the town he hung out in all the time <laughs> It's another one of those like. Just to point out to him that like. <laughs> it's another one of those like. Fuck you! Like this, the, the, like he like, like. Sorry, it's just like, did you read this? Like, I don't understand how you could take this away from the character. Like it's like it, it is is very close to like doing fan fiction of um, Toshiro Mufune's Yojimbo character, the 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 the, 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 the samurai, like the, the Ronin with no name. Uh, 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 Sanjiro from uh, uh, the the movie that inspired uh, Fistful of Dollars, like doing a a reading and a a fanfic of him as a as a dutiful soldier of the emperor. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very wacky. But it's also really it really bizarre to me about how like um in in like PHS like in in Somber's crappier like t- attempt at like takedown of it is that like. Like, because, you know, Morning Glory is, like, basically entirely, like, a politically uh, antagonistic towards uh, Calamity's character version of him. But, like, I think that one of the strangest things about that in such a... It's, it's so literal about it and that, like, Calamity, like, earned his, like, earned his his brand, like, like, by intent. Like, he didn't... Like, it didn't happen by accident. It wasn't, like, a convenient political mo- maneuver to discredit him. He, like yelled at a bunch of like actual generals and was like publicly branded a traitor like and it's just it's one of those things where it's just it's so goofy how like the i tried to do it better version of it is this like convoluted political conspiracy that makes no fucking sense and ultimately like that she that that she ultimately had precious little agency in and she ultimately still believes in the organization that branded her and like marked her as a traitor like she really kept the faith all the way through. She genuinely believed that like that the enclave could be like rehabilitated from the inside and not like it didn't have to be like exterminated with prejudice. And it just it just it's just baffling. It's just very funny uh in comparison to the calamity who's like like no 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 I I earned this brand. Like no that this uh I got I got branded for good reason. So a piece of media came out between us recording that and and now that I think I probably would have referenced if I uh, if I'd seen it at the time. Uh, there's a there's a scene in um, the uh, the the Dark Crystal miniseries, um, the the Netflix Dark Crystal uh, show, uh, Age of Resistance, uh, when um, a uh, gelfling neolib, like a a a a, a gelfling. Uh, tyrant who was um, sort of like betraying the other Gelflings in order to like um, uh, get in good with the Skeksis uh, for her long-term political benefit. There's a scene um, uh, where she uh, comes to them and like offers them like a, a mutually beneficial long-term deal. Uh, yes, I understand that you're, you're harvesting Gelflings for their, their life essence, uh, I can provide you a ongoing tithe of, of Gelflings uh, at, at a manageable rate um, if you will back me as uh, you, you will be lords of, of the world, but allow me to be uh, uh, lord of the Gelflings. Uh, and this is all very reasonable. Uh, but the Skeksis want everything, and they want it now. So they say, now! Um, <laughs> and they, they, they strip off all of her uh, uh, finery, um, and plug her into the uh, essence training machine, <laughs> and um, that is the ultimate fate of of fence-sitting libs, uh, like like it told in 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 allegory, 
That is that is the inevitable endpoint. Like that's that's how it that's how it plays out every goddamn time. Is is that the the reasonable enlightened centrists uh, are are convinced that they can they can ride this wave of reaction uh, uh, to to retaining a position of power, not realizing that they. Uh, fascists um, are always like are not reasonable. They don't want reasonable things. They want the end of everyone and everything. Uh, their their hunger is uncontainable. Yes. They want maximum everything, including maximal suffering. So like, uh, there's no way to reason with them on this particular uh, sort of situation. And and so there's there's a version of the fall and glory where that's a really interesting like dark scene of like, don't you realize it? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you be alive? <laughs> I, I beg your pardon. What did you think it was an accident that those guns like didn't work? That you... Yeah, there, there's no, there's no, conf- they, they, yeah, they never confront the idea that like, yeah, she was being left for dead. It always just goes like, it, it's it, it com- like it individualizes it, like it always does. Where it's like, oh, it was, it was, it was this evil conspiracy. It's the machinations of of yeah uh, of of. Of a handful of baddies, uh, it is not the system that is broken, but but merely a few bad individuals that mysteriously the system promoted, put in, put put in their positions of power in the first place. Funny how that keeps happening. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's that's uh, I'm I'm consciously or unconsciously filibustering for time <laughs> because after that re- revelation, we we cut to uh, more crossing the. Uh, uh, the the deeply unpleasant landscape of uh, uh, the the greater um, Manhattan metropolitan Manhattan metropolitan, metropolitan area, area uh, when they are confronted. Uh, well, uh, first, um, uh, Pip is annoyed that her her uh, microcomputer um, labels a shack as steel hooves shack. Oh yeah. Um, who the hell is that, and why? Uh, why is my laptop getting putting it on my heads up display? Yeah, so I've been told this is about where the after the after action report like ends is right around this time. You know, we're 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 getting into unconquered land soon. Um. Uh. So so like she gets the the heads up display. Uh, welcome to Steelhoof Shack. Uh, you, you found Steelhoof Shack. Great. Who is that, and why could that possibly be important? Uh, and before that, that mystery can be uh, examined at all, uh, we get a and a well. Look what we have here! Uh, it's a false god. <laughs> it's, a, a, it's an angel. Yeah, a, a dark angel, the force god, and another one. Oh no! And a third. Yeah. They were invisible. Uh, and and now our our heroes are surrounded on all sides by uh, three um, uh, uh, demiurges, three 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 false angels um, uh, looking to uh, torture them to death, and uh, nary uh, a train car in sight. <laughs> yeah, no oh, shit. I'm surrounded. them all out of boxcars. And and uh, that's that's where our chapter ends. Yeah, what a good cliffhanger, though. Like, I, I do love it's like, it's not one. I know, right? Three of these things. It took me all my effort to kill one of these bastards. Is a good like, it's a good way to like set up the next chapter. Um, yeah, the thing I was gonna say before, because you're talking about the idea of like slow chapters that are sort of like denouements to like uh, uh, more action packed chapters. It's like, that is fine to have because it's like a structural thing about storytelling is that when you go through an arc, having a kind of like wrap up chapter that kind of like where we get to see where all the chips fell is like a good thing to do before you transition transition into your next big arc or whatever you're doing. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, where, where the chips fell and um, and some some setup for for future stuff. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot of setting up doing uh, here. Like like a lot of lot of pieces like a lot of lot of lot of pieces are being set up on the board. A lot of lot of uh, Yeah, but m- my point being uh that uh it, the reason why like we criticize it so much in PH or at least I did is because it happened after every other chapter. Like it was literally thing would happen in a chapter and then next chapter would be about them dealing with that ch- that sort of like the fallout of whatever that thing happened. So you'd get this like 
it, it's this horrible like like fucking like gear shift that keeps happening over and over again of like big action big action set piece happens and then the emotional tragedy of having to deal with that action set piece and there's just just this shift back and forth back and forth it causes like a lot of disorientation in the storytelling uh where it doesn't really feel like anything is actually happening in the story at any time yeah like so the the two problems are one it doesn't give the pacing and shit there's no momentum like like here here in ph you get a run of chapters where like, okay, um, things are heating up, things are heating up, things are hitting up, bang, big conclusion. Then we get a, get a, get a chapter to breathe. Um, and, and to, to, to start like, uh, revving up the engine again for, for, for the, 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 the big thing. Uh, but in, in pH, it was just up and down, like, like only one chapter's worth of, worth of events, uh, with, with no, no meaningful buildup before crash. We're we're back to uh, piddling around, uh, but it's made even worse by the fact that like, yeah, reeling from the consequences of, of last chapter's adventure. What consequences? Like like what is there even to like reel from, like or or, or cool down off of? Like nothing had any uh, impact. It was all ephemeral nonsense, and therefore. The, the cool down from, from a bunch of nonsense is yet more nonsense. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of scenes of people being sad about the things that they killed last week, basically. It's what a lot of a lot of PH ended up feeling like. Um but yeah, and and this this story, which is an actual story, uh has like sort of like sweeping like you can kind of like like if I wanted to, I could like sit down and like cut this book up into like a series of sweeping arcs that are kind of like knit from one thing to to another. And I think one of the really clever things about, about FOE, like it's just good basic storytelling to be able to like, like you can kind of see where like point A to point B to point C to point D go from. Like you can like, it's easy to remember what happens in the story, even though it's really long, even though it's 600,000 words is because like, there's a natural progression of like, you know, little Pip experiences the the, the 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 dangers of the wasteland. Gets injured, ends up in a town, hangs in that town for a while. Has a little micro arc involving them and slavers. Deals with the slavers and has a big payoff of that at the end of that. Then the next immediate thing that happens is them like having a cool off of like wandering around trying to like find their footing in the world and bumping into another set of raiders that are completely different from the previous ones. And that being its own micro arc, and that's kind of, and that will be sort of the way that we see the story go from, from, uh, going forwards is a lot of like, sort of like couple of chapter arcs, which I think is just the best way to kind of write this sort of thing is to like plan out a set of like, you know, figure out your set pieces and then figure out like, uh, like have a couple of like chapters dedicated to that particular set of set pieces and then move on from them because it allows you to do a lot of like, good world building in the moment and it also allows you to do like a story that feels like a story and not like like ph would have benefited a lot more if it was written the way it feels which is that it feels like an anthology of events because every chapter is its own kind of micro arc it it would be much easier to kind of just paint it as a bunch of like things that happen to blackjack as opposed to having this big complicated mystery that's happening in the background that doesn't really even really pay off particularly well it would have benefited a lot more just by being anthological like that i mean if like we yeah we talked about it before but like i think one of the one of the big things you could do to like it suffers because uh i i, I kind of now um more believe the the claim that i've i've heard in a few places that it was never supposed to end but the problem is that he set it up in the vein of um, uh, FOE, which is a story that like has a that benefits from a limited scope. Like it 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 has a a clear setting in mind. It has it has um, like specific specific things it's setting up to to pay off um, at a a specific intended point. Um, with a with a conclusion in mind, and that doesn't mesh with like an ongoing serial. Like if 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 you if you want a a, a saga that's that's meant to like just just go on, there are different formula. <laughs> There's like 
Um, you need to be a lot more it's, like it's, it's, location based or like a story of the week kind of thing. You can't just be. A- it's it's like buying jet fuel uh, for a vehicle you intend to uh, run cro- cross country with. Uh, you're 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 going on an odyssey, and so you you strap your supplies uh, to a dragster. <laughs> like yeah, it's 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 running a marathon by sprinting the entire time. It just it just doesn't have it can't it can't have that momentum. Um, and so, yeah, uh, uh, we, yeah, we talked about it before, but like change number one, m- make the, the goddamn, um, uh, Maltese.exe, um, God, I hate that I remember that it's actually supposed to be called the EC1101. Yes, it's, that is now burned into your memory. <laughs> like yeah. it is mine. Maltese.exe is funnier. Yes, is. More, um... And thus, something that I I fully have faith that Kcat, if Kcat were like to to, to write a ph, she would have called it the Maltese. Or at least call it like what it is, which is Equestrian Command Thirteen, because that's what it is in binary. That sounds. That's so much clearer. That's so much more like. Anyway, yeah, Equestrian Command Thirteen. Um, um, uh, make it. Make it a a universal skeleton key. Mm-hmm. That's a terrifyingly powerful gimmick and something that everyone would especially want. In, like every, especially in in the hoof, which is like not used properly, but is like is a setting made entirely out of Wonderkin technology. Like it's all it's a, it is a it is a Silicon Valley of war crimes that everyone just sits on top of, and like everyone would want access to their particular piece of the pie. And and in that way, you could do like a true serial, wherein like okay, we're um you can you can tell like discrete stories, um that like you can carry over some continuity here and there, but more or less uh, at the end of each discrete adventure, um you leave Blackjack like more or less the the where she was when she started, mm-hmm. um and and ready to be confronted by the next uh, jerkwad. Um, who, who literally wants a piece of, um, and, and, and you can, you can maintain a serial in that way because you could have a full rogues gallery of villains, each with their own distinct separate desire for the key. Like, it's real easy to just be like, okay, all the factions are our bad guys. Like all of the factions are a particular flavor of antagonist. They want it for power. They want it for money. They want it for technological pursuit. They want it for uh, trying to restore civilization. And you, you like, I literally just named four different factions that exist in PH. You could immediately use that way. Like Reapers could want it for power. Uh, the finders could want it because it make, could make them a lot of money. The society uh, is a prelapsarian uh, cult, so you could just make it so they want to return back to a previous era of civilization. And the and the the collegiate is obsessed with technology in an amoral way. It would be super easy to write this kind of stuff. Um, but because like because there was no imagination, that no no contemplation of of what was involved. And no literacy and like story tropes and like why they do those things. Um, it it just um, uh, tried to be um, pH, but more and dragged out um, for for longer than its 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 model's lifespan uh, is is meant for. Uh, but yeah, I think that that pretty much wraps us up for this week, though. Uh, I can't think of anything I can recommend. Oh, I've been playing What the Gulf, which I've been waiting for a long time to come out. Collection of surreal mini games, all focused around the idea of like, it, it's one of those games where it has like a simple thing. It's like video game golfing mechanics to get a to get a ball into a hole. Everything else about the game is completely like up in the air, and it's the meta narrative of the story is about trying to make golf interesting to video games. Uh, and all the different ways that it tries to make those permutations work, and it's an interesting... It, it's a fun game, and it's something I've been waiting for a long time to come out, and so I'm, fi- I'm glad to finally be playing it. Uh, but yeah, that's the only thing I can think of to recommend. Uh, unless you have something. Uh, um, the... the uh, I, I hear I hear the kids are, are all about that uh, um, super giant game. Uh, oh, uh, oh, oh, what? 
what 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 you call it? Um, uh, Hecames, <laughs> oh, uh, 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 Katie. I I have definitely uh, recommended Hades before in the the past. This podcast, for hundred percent sure. Uh, but it's just out in full yeah, access. In, 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 in case, in, in case you, you, uh, the, you, the audience wasn't aware, I, I was, I was doing. <laughs> I know it's called Pluto. <laughs> like the dog. Anyway, uh, check out Hades. I guess I, I haven't gotten around to it's uh, playing it, but um, um, yeah, all the fan art is is of it. Like it's it's uh, <laughs> all the fan um, art is. Of as it. I says, <laughs> all fan art is now about Hades forever pretty much um uh like if if super giant like we, we gotta stop praying for super giant games they're getting too powerful <laughs> i guess uh beyond that the uh the thing that's been haunting my brain that i i guess i'll have to recommend is uh, a webcomic called short pact it is over mm-hmm. uh you, you may be glad to know <laughs> so you can you can read its entire length but it, it, it comes to mind because of our conversation. The first long run of comics are very um, – it was initially meant to just be like a, a, a gag a week. Uh, but then they do a plot line where one of the characters from the author's previous comic starts to lose their shit living in a, in a, uh, a consequence-free vortex um, uh, where uh, the, the comic is about a toy store. And so she finds the the battery tag of the toy store, and the the, the like it, and it's a it's a metaphor for the, the uh, uh, toys have or used to have like a, a little strip that like pr- uh, protected the like battery from like actually connecting with the toy, mm-hmm. uh, which preserved the the lifespan of the battery as long as it wasn't connected. But um, the, the 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 metaphor put forward is that once that tag is pulled. Uh, the toy is now alive and active. Uh, it, its gimmicks are powered, but the battery will only last so long. Mm. Um, and so the, the the metaphor is that once the tag is pulled, the plot will start, but it means that the comic will now eventually end. Damn, that's pretty cool, actually. I'm all for it. And so and so this 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 character has like in a, in some sense. Um, uh, brought in the apocalypse, like that. That like now, now the world has a lifespan, but events now can happen. Mm-hmm. Plot may now can now happen. Uh, and it's a it's it's a pretty fun read. Um, it's, it's got a lot of um sort of inside jokes that it develops. Uh, I I enjoyed it while it was uh, running. Mm-hmm. Uh, during its initial run. Hey, Fi, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, uh um. You know, this chapter is a little bit of a light one, but it was still fun talking about, and uh, I'm looking forward to like uh, the, unraveling the mystery of Steel Hooves, a character I have never talked about in all of uh, Project Horizons. Uh, so uh, they're a, a bit of a mystery from this one, so we'll get to find out who they are. Um, but overall, I think that this was a great idea, and I'm happy to be doing it. <sighs> Well, I think I'll have to take your word for it. Everybody, bye, bye.